0: man. Today we're going to talk about a very important subject to Paul, and that is friendship. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 17 through chapter 3 and verse 13. It starts out, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, or our crown, in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that when we were destined for them, in fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent out to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you and our efforts might have been useless. But Timothy has now come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and your love. He's told us how you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all of our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all of his holy ones. Will you pray with me, please? Uh, Father God, as we uh, study your word this morning, I pray that you will just guide and lead our thoughts and our minds Help us to be in tune uh, with your word and allow your word to speak boldly uh, to, to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. After making his historic stand before the Diet of Worms, where he defied the church and refused to repent, Martin Luther started for home. He had stirred up a hornet's nest of opposition, and plots were made against his life. As Luther's carriage entered a narrow pass ideal for an ambush, it was suddenly surrounded by five horsemen who were masked and armed. They forced Luther to get down and threw a cloak over him. They put him on an extra horse and disappeared in the forest. Silently, they took Luther to the castle of Wartburg, where he was hidden high in the mountains. There he discovered that he was in the hands of friends. Frederick the Elector had Luther kidnapped in order to protect him from his enemies who would have certainly killed him. This act of friendship changed the course of history, played a major role in the success of the Reformation. It was while hiding in the castle that Luther translated the Bible into German language. True friendship can save and transform our lives. Last week we discussed how Paul defended his ministry to the Thessalonians, and in this section Paul is defending his friendship with the Thessalonians. Blameless Christians are good friends to each other. They're like Luther's friends. And today I'd like to look at true friendship as defined by Paul in his defense here in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 3. If you want to jot down a few of these thoughts, here's my first one for you. True friends stand with each other. I get the feeling that the Thessalonians felt abandoned by Paul. Remember, the Thessalonian church was persecuted. And in the midst of this intense persecution, they probably wanted Paul to stand with them. And look at the language that Paul uses. He says he was torn from them. The literal Greek translation here means to literally to orphan, to leave someone without a father's care. He stated that he had an intense longing to be with them through these tough times. It's the same language that relates to a father losing or being separated from his son. Paul is saying, I would stand with you if I could. But Satan stopped us from being with you through these difficult times. There was a small group of friends who left town for a weekend of deer hunting, and they paired off into two Uh, for the first day they paired off into twos for the first day and that night one of the hunters returned alone staggering under the weight of an eight point buck well how come you're dragging all that by yourself one of his friends asked where's harry oh man the hunter puffed harry had a stroke or something he's back up the trail a couple miles you left harry laying there alone while you carried the deer well explained the hunter I figured no one was going to steal Harry. Friends don't leave one another. But when separated due to circumstances beyond our control, there is support and love. Remember the, the story of David and Jonathan. After David had killed Goliath, he was placed into Saul's, uh, King Saul's court. He developed this true friendship with Jonathan as he had been torn away from his family. King Saul became increasingly jealous and hateful, and he tried to kill David numerous times. And in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 13, Jonathan says to David, But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with Jonathan, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father." And that's exactly what Jonathan does. Jonathan sends David away, a free man, after Saul makes his final attempt to kill David. You see, true friends stand with each other. The second thought I want to share with you from this passage is that true friends sacrifice for one another. True friends sacrifice for one another. Look again in chapter 3 and verse 1. He said, Paul says, So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves and Athens. Paul and Silas sent Timothy, really sacrificing their own need to have Timothy there with them in ministry. But he was looking out for the well-being of the Thessalonian church and he sacrificed that need to bless the Thessalonian church. Out of the furnaces of war come some true stories of sacrificial friendship. One such story tells of two friends in World War I who were inseparable. They enlisted together. They trained together. They were shipped overseas together, fought side by side in the trenches, and during an attack. One of the men was crudic- critically wounded in a field filled with barbed wire obstacles. He was unable to crawl back to his foxhole. The entire area was under a withering enemy crossfire. It was suicidal to reach him. Yet his friend decided to try. Before he could get out of his own tent, his sergeant yanked him back and ordered him not to go. He said, it's, it's too late. You can't do him any good, and you'll only kill yourself." A few minutes later, the officer turned his back, and instantly the man was gone after his friend. The man staggered back, mortally wounded, with his friend, now dead in his arms. The sergeant was angry and deeply moved. What a waste, he blurted out. He's dead, and now you're dying. It just wasn't worth it. With almost his last breath, the dying man replied, Oh, yes, it was, Sarge. When I got to him, the only thing he said was, I knew you'd come, Jim. I knew you'd come. Sacrifice and friendship should go hand in hand. I'm reminded of the story of Ruth and Naomi. Ruth gave up her family and her her life for her friend Naomi. Listen to her words in Ruth 1, 16 through 18. She says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. You know, she gave up her whole family, her life, for her friend. This is the kind of love that Jesus describes in John 15. Verses 13 through 15. Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you're my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. True friends, sacrifice for one another. I have one final thought for you this morning that true friends share like minds. Look again at verse 6 and following. But Timothy has now come to us from you and he's brought us good news about your faith and love. He's told us that you always have pleasant memories for us and we long to see us just as we long to see you. There's some uh, reciprocal relationships there. Therefore brothers in all of our distress and persecution we were encouraged about your faith. And listen to this verse 8. For now we really live since you're standing firm in the faith. And Timothy's reports, Timothy reports that Paul's care for the Thessalonians was reciprocated. In fact, it caused him to really Live the, the Greek word here for live is the same word that's used in that famous passage in John 10.10 10, when Jesus says, the thief comes to kill, steal, steal, and destroy, but I've come. Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life abundantly, to really live. Paul was really able to live because he knew that his love was reciprocated, that they were like of like minds the Chinese philosopher Mincius once said friendship is one mind in two bodies I really like that a feeble elderly woman was just all hunched on her her cane and she just really limped into her doctor's office but later she came out to the waiting room and she was walking erect and without a limp a guy in the waiting room asked, gee, what did that doc do? You're doing great. You, you walked in there hunched over using a cane and limping, and now you've come out erect and not with a limp. And the lady replied, he just gave me a longer cane. I love it when friends look out for one another, like this doctor looked out for the elderly woman. We, we can have the same kind of like-mindedness that looks out for each other's best interest. I'm looking out for you, you're looking out for me, and sometimes it's as simple as a longer cane. Other times, we're leaning on one another. John 13 says, I give you a new command. Jesus says, love one another just as I loved you. You are to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And remember the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you. Now communion is one of those times where we come together in one mind and spirit. And I hope this morning you'll go into your cupboard or your pantry and you'll take some bread and you'll take some juice and remember and reflect on the love that Jesus showed you and this reminder of Jesus that we're to love one another in the same way. True friendships Stand with each other. True friendships sacrifice for one another. True friendships share like minds. Now, Jesus Christ was a perfect example of this kind of friend. And when the adversary convicts us of sin, Jesus stood up for us. He sacrificed for us. He reciprocates his love. For us with like-mindedness. I pray this morning that you'll reflect on that as we come together. This morning we have uh, several announcements in the bulletin, uh, several prayer requests, and I, and I really hope that you guys will look through your bulletin and spend some time as families and as individuals praying together for Cornerstone uh, for the gospel to be spread and for the blessings in your family's lives as you pray please remember Mary Evelyn Willett good friend of the church she had a stroke this week she's in the hospital trying to recover just pray for her and pray her for her family please and remember others on our prayer list I'm going to close in prayer. Immediately following this uh, recording uh, will be Jeff's children's sermon. Uh, The timestamp will be listed in the description. Let's pray together. Father God, I am truly grateful for the example of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that you'll just guide and, and lead each one of us as we reflect on the kind of friends that we are to to people of faith, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, our schoolmates, I pray that you'll just guide and lead us so that we can honor you and our friendships. Right now we pray a special prayer for Mary Evelyn, praying for her healing and that you'll be with her family. And for the other prayer requests that are being mentioned, we ask that your will be done and that you'll guide and lead, bring peace and comfort, encouragement. Continue to stand with your people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.